Life happens to those who show up, and I'm glad you showed up with us today. I'm your host, Daniel Robert Sanchez, and welcome back to MindFlow, a show to help you find your flow with short, to-the-point concepts to help you tackle daily life challenges faster than it takes you to stop at a gas station, fill up your tank, put some air in your tires, and wait in line to grab a few quick picks for tonight's jackpot. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and join the show's Facebook group called Mindset Mecca for daily motivation and transformation. Today's main topic is about purpose. So what I'll be doing is jumping into a few different interpretations of purpose, talking about some reasons that prevent people from pursuing their purpose, and I'll top it off with how you can unlock your purpose if you haven't found it yet. On your mark, get set, let's go. So what is purpose? Think about it. From your perspective, what does it mean to you when someone asks you, hey, what's your purpose in life? Hey, do you have a purpose? What is it? And think about it this way. If you're having a good conversation with someone that you're comfortable with and they asked you, hey, what's your purpose? And let's pretend that it wasn't random or out of the blue because you're having a really good personal conversation. So it's not out of the blue from a stranger or an enemy, but it's actually being asked by someone that you love or care about that loves and cares about you. And you're both being really vulnerable and honest with each other. So at the time the question's asked, it doesn't catch you off guard or offend you or put you off or make you defensive. And from that point of view, what is your purpose? Or even easier, what's your purpose in life? It's a good question, right? Have you ever thought about it before? Try this. If you had to pretend to know what your purpose in life was, what would it be? Either way, whatever your purpose is or isn't, I'm willing to bet it is or isn't one of these seven things. Number one, to be loved. Number two, to have a family. Number three, to be rich. Number four, to be happy. Number five, to help others. Number six, to travel all around the world. And number seven, to improve the conditions of the planet. All of which are extremely respectable and very honorable purposes to have in life. But here's the truth. Those are the most commonly used responses. And do me a favor, raise your hand if you've ever heard someone say this. Everyone has a purpose in life. And when you hear that, do you think anyone who says that is right or wrong? My dad always said, if it looks like a trap, smells like a trap, it's either a trap or a trick question. Because it's not an easy question to answer. And here are two reasons why. Number one, just because you know that everyone has a purpose in life, doesn't mean that you know your purpose in life. And number two, if you did know your purpose in life, just because you know your purpose doesn't mean that you're living your purpose. But to make sure we're on the same page, the word purpose is always used or interchanged with the word passion. So let's clear the mud and define both passion and purpose so we can level set and be on the same page. Oxford Dictionary Online defines passion as a strong and barely controllable emotion or an intense enthusiasm for something. And that definition sounds pretty similar to last week's definition of the word desire. And dictionary.com defines the word purpose as the reason for which something exists or is done or made, or an intended desire or result, end, aim, or goal. Both are similar, but not the same. Passion is driven by emotion, and purpose is an end result, a goal, or outcome. Okay, I feel a lot better now that we've cleared the mud, so let's keep going. 
In a book that I was listening to written by Wayne Dyer called Making the Shift, he talks about two reasons that block people from pursuing their purpose. Actually, he doesn't call them reasons. He calls them excuses. So let's talk about those. And the first excuse has to do with a person's anatomy. And Wayne Dyer called it the excuse about your DNA. People came to Wayne Dyer all the time asking him for help about changing. And when he started mentioning things or making recommendations, people would tell him that it was impossible and that they'll always be the way that they are because it's not in their DNA. Meaning that this first excuse he talks about is treated as an absolute. And the people that use it say that nothing can be done because it's physical. It's in the body. And that's something they have no control over. And they're right. There is truth to that. And I get it. There are plenty of medical reasons that would probably back them up where they can show proof that it's physically impossible to do what's being asked because, I don't know, they might be missing a limb or not have the ability to speak properly, or maybe they've been medically diagnosed with a phobia or allergy. But wouldn't all those explanations fall under the exception to the rule as opposed to the rule? Did you know that it's been scientifically proven that your DNA can change? And here are two examples of how that's even possible. All right, example one. A perfectly happy and healthy person can destroy their body and create disease within themselves by living in a constant mental state of fear and stress, which means that literally you can stress yourself into a sickness without even being contacted by anything from an external source. Just by your thoughts and your thoughts alone, you can get sick and interrupt your biochemical makeup. And the second example is a little bit more of an eye-opener. It's about people with multiple personality disorders. It's been proven that one person can have a personality that's physically allergic to something while another personality in that same body isn't allergic to the same thing. Okay, let that sink in for a second. The same person, the same human being, in the same body with the same brain and head and has the same arms, so what's different? How can that be possible? And I'll let you keep chewing on that one because both of these examples can also be considered exceptions to the rule. But let's keep going. The second excuse that Wayne Dyer talks about, which block people from pursuing their purpose, is called early conditioning. But I like to call it childhood conditioning because I think it's a little bit easier to understand. And Wayne Dyer explained he learned about childhood conditioning from a book he read called Viruses of the Mind, written by Richard Brody in 1995. And Brody worked with Bill Gates at Microsoft, so he talks about viruses similar to personalities and behaviors and mentalities. And before we keep going, let's break down three main functions of what a virus is supposed to do. One, duplicate and replicate. Two, take over and infiltrate. And three, spread from one host to the next. So when viruses occur in life, or on your computer, or wherever they might pop up, their goal is to what? Duplicate, infiltrate, and spread. But the main takeaway from that entire book is about the difference between a virus in your body versus a virus in your mind. Because a virus in your mind is just an idea. And more than likely, that idea was planted in your mind during childhood by either your family or your tribe, or your friends, or community, maybe your school, or even the news. And this part's really interesting. Those ideas that are created during your childhood are called memes. <laughs> yep, I said it. Memes. But just to clarify, I'm not talking about memes that you post on Facebook or Instagram or on TikTok. These memes 
conditioned your mind like viruses, and over time they've been replicating and duplicating themselves over and over so that you start believing they're true so much they become a program that's running in your mind about what you're capable of, what you're not capable of, what the world is like, what to believe, how to act, whether or not it's okay to do drugs, when's the right time to have a family. Okay, let me sum this up about memes. What it really boils down to is this. Every excuse you use is a meme, which is a conditioned idea. It's a virus that was given to you at a really young age, and then it was duplicated and replicated, and then it infiltrated, and then it spread to the people around you and to your siblings, and then down to your children and your inner circles and neighbors. You get it, right? I mean, that's it in a nutshell. And do you know who's really good at memes? And what I mean by good is masterful memeing here. Pharmaceutical companies, businesses, politicians, the news, all of them are masterful at engraving memes into us and making them go viral because of how extremely convincing they can be. And think about it. Think about this. Here are a couple of examples and tell me if these aren't memes. Taking this medicine once a day will reduce your inflammation. Or how about this one? Vote for us because we do things right. Or what about this one? If you wear these shoes, you'll be faster, stronger, and have more endurance. The first one was a meme. The second one was a meme. All of them are memes. Meme, 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 meme. <laughs> these are all memes that infect your mind and become so convincing that you begin to believe that you can't live without these things because you've been conditioned to believe that these things are true. And what most people do is live their life based on their memes, which prevent them from getting more, doing more, becoming more. I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, what do those memes sound like? Well, here's what 10 of them sound like. Meme one, oh, I, I can't, I'm not wired that way. Two, I've never done it that way. Three, it's always been this way because that's in my nature. Four, these are just the cards I've been dealt in life. Five, I can't start over. You can't teach old dogs new tricks. Six, it is what it is. Seven, I've tried that and it just doesn't work for me. Eight, I can't just change who I am. Nine, there's just nothing I can do about it, okay? And ten, ooh, who's got time for that? All memes. Meme. Meme, 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 meme. All of them are memes. And I'm sure there's more. But these are all memes and viruses that are in your mind that will block you from doing what you want to do. Okay, talking about purpose or helping you find your purpose would be worthless without knowing the two excuses to look out for about your anatomy and childhood conditioning. Whew, all of this talking has made me a little bit thirsty. Do me a favor, grab a cold glass and fill it with some ice and all of the information we just talked about and drink as much as you need to stay hydrated until I get back. All right, thank you for showing up today and welcome back. Happiness is a choice. And I'm happy you're staying tuned to find out more about the power of purpose. Now, first, have you ever wondered why it's so hard to change? Have you ever thought about that? Well, check this out. A quote by Dr. Joe Dispenza says this, quote, 95% of who we are by the time we're 35 years old is a memorized set of behaviors emotional reactions, unconscious habits, hardwired attitudes, beliefs, judgments, and perceptions that all function just like a computer program, end quote. 
Okay, now let me ask again. Why do you think it's so hard to change? Well, Dr. Joe Dispenza would say, if 95% of who you are is running as an unconscious program in the back of your mind, when it comes time to change, your conscious mind or your logic or your intellect isn't conditioned enough to override that 95%. So why is it so hard to change? Because your mind and your body have to be in alignment for you to change. So Daniel, what does any of this have to do with purpose? Well, if you want to live a life of purpose, you might have to change. And change isn't easy. And now you know why, and now you know what you're up against. So don't give up. All right, now we're back on track. And here's another question that you may or may not have already heard. What is purpose? And there are two ways you can answer that. One, intellectually, meaning you use your intellect and your logic to understand that you have a purpose for being born. And two, spiritually, meaning you're put here on this earth for a reason. Or maybe there's a third option, which is a combination of both. And those definitions that I gave you in the first segment about passion and purpose are great definitions for feeding that part of your brain that's driven by intellect. But now, let's define passion and purpose through the lens of spirituality. And it's actually pretty simple. It's really as easy as walking up to Jay Shetty and asking, Hey Jay, what's the difference between passion and purpose? And if you did that, this is what he'd say. Quote, your passion is for you, and your purpose is for others. End quote. And what Shetty means is that once you find your passion, and you start living your passion in a way that provides service to others, then it becomes your purpose. But guess what? It doesn't stop there. And here's an example. If you're a singer, and you love to sing, but the reason why you sing is because of the rush it gives you when you get on stage, or it excites you because of the amount of money that you can make, and by all the fame it can bring you, then singing is your passion. Because all of the reasons why you do it are really just for you. But if you really want to sing and deliver a message that will improve other people's lives, or you have concerts where the money you make, you donate to a cause that you believe in, and that fame you have, you use that fame to raise your awareness about something that helps people around the world. If that's why you sing, it changes everything. Because now your passion for singing becomes the way that you provide service, which means not only are you living your passion, you're also living your life with purpose. And you know what? Let me just go ahead and share my passion and my purpose. So what's my passion? I have an obsessive hunger to continuously develop myself and my spirit and my mind and my body so I continue to grow as a husband and a father and in my career to make sure I'll always be able to provide for my family. That's my passion. But what's my purpose? My purpose is to take what I'm learning about myself and my spirituality and overcoming depression and anxiety and how I've been growing in my career and sharing it. Sharing my achievements and my mess through my podcast or one-on-one -on -one coachings or even teaching others how they can teach people their skills with their life experiences. And here's the rapid fire. My passion, learning, growing, and developing. My purpose, sharing my knowledge, my wisdom, my life experiences with people looking to change. And as long as I continue to do both, I'll be living a life with passion and purpose and my family will always have food to eat and a roof over their heads. So if you don't know your passion or know your purpose, where do you start? Well, in my opinion, the best place to start is right here. 
Sit down in a quiet place where you can think where there's no distractions and ask yourself these four questions and write them down. One, what am I skilled at? Two, what do I deeply care about? Three, how can what I'm naturally skilled at and what I deeply care about fill a gap that's missing in the world? And four, is it possible to earn money by doing it? I recommend starting here because this is where I started. I did these same steps. It works. Sit down with a pen and some paper. If you can find the common thread that is shared and linked between all four of these questions, you'll discover your passion and unlock your purpose. And full disclosure, all of this is based on a Japanese concept for finding purpose in life called Ikigai, spelled I-K-I-G-A-I. Ikigai, which is defined as that which gives your life worth, meaning, and purpose. And remember this, you're never too old to pursue your purpose. Sometimes your purpose can go unnoticed for a long time. And once you find it, then what? What's next? There are plenty of people out there that learn their purpose and know what their purpose is. But just knowing it is not the same as applying it and living it and following through with it and putting in the work and the blood and the sweat and the tears. And you're never too old to pursue your purpose. Sometimes it even changes. And some people spend the first quarter or maybe even half of their life working what they believe their purpose is, but it's really someone else's version of what their purpose should be. And even then, it's never too late to pivot. Think about it. The average lifespan these days is about 85 years old. So if you switch careers in your 30s or 40s or even 50s, you could still squeeze out a good 20 years of doing what brings you joy and satisfaction and fulfillment. Age is a myth. Don't believe that meme. It's a limiting belief. And on that note, that's a wrap for today. And here's a quick recap. Passion and purpose are similar but different. And there are two major excuses that block people from pursuing their purpose. One, genetics and DNA. And two, viruses of the mind, which are really memes that are conditioned since childhood. And lastly, finding your passion is the key to unlocking your purpose. And after chewing on this episode for a while, if you're still hungry, you'll definitely want to order another serving of episode 28, Principles of Desire, with a side of episode 27, The Philosophy of Opportunity. So check them out, share them with someone you love or care about, and keep learning to find your flow.